Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Yes, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My next guest okay. is Chef Ron DePratt. In 2019, he was named Industry Chef of the Year. Currently, he is the food and beverage director, executive chef at Amarillo Golf and Country Club in Amarillo, Texas. I'm a Texas boy, born and raised in Houston, Texas. He gained he first gained recognition when he competed in Bravo TV's Top Chef. With his magnetic personality and fond demeanor, there was no keeping him off TV. Then he went on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, Iron Chef America, beat Bobby Flay on the Food Network. He always amazes judges with his exotic foods that combine rich Caribbean and French flavors. Ron has also been featured on The View, to Today Show, BET, Access Hollywood, Essence Magazine, Huffington Post, and Oprah Magazine, just to name a few. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations for the very first time, my man, Chef Ron Duprat. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be with you guys. Well, I, I, when, when on TV, you excite me because uh, I'm a foodie. <laughs> I'm a foodie, Ron. So, so when I see a man who can deliver the plate, you are the king to me. You are the king. Yes, sir. Can't wait to cook with you. Well, let's let's talk about you in general. You know, I'm I'm, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. And uh, my, my initial background uh, when I before I became the person I am, right? I, I, I left IBM and became a touring stand-up comic. And so I performed in Amarillo several times. In fact, I've done some New Year's Eve show back in the day. So I'm very familiar with the the the, the, the lifestyle, the culture of Amarillo, Texas. And, you know, Texas is a hot state when it comes to heat. How did you miss barbecue? That's what I want to know. Now, I, how did you, you know, I'm a barbecue king. Now, how did I, I didn't see anything out there that said barbecue. Not saying that's an insult to you. I'm just saying, talk about your oranges and how you got to become the chef that you are today. Well, as you know, I have no limits. Barbecue is not my specialties, but I make some of the best barbecue anyone ever make. I can take anyone down and barbecue. Mm -hmm. It's not my specialty. As you know, my specialty is French and an Afro-Caribbean. Yes. But I'm in Texas. As you know, in Texas is whether you do it or you can't do it. There you go. Come on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Because you know. You know. That's what I'm excited. Every time I see you, I'm not going to apologize for interrupting. Keep talking, Rob, because you're talking about food. Now, you, you were talking a little smack there, so I had to dive in. But keep talking because I love talking, listening to you on TV and watching you. Yeah, so, you know, barbecue, it's not my specialties, but I do some badass barbecue. Mm -hmm. And I can take anyone, anywhere, any place. As you know, Netflix reached out to me. They want me to do a barbecue show. Right. And I said, no, you're going to pay me. I'm not going to do it. So right. that's why I don't do it, because I guess they know I have some barbecue skills. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get now into the whole cooking genre? You know, because of the fact that was it something you as a child that you was excited about when you went in the kitchen? You just had these natural skills. Did you go to school? Give us your background, Ron. Well, my background, I was born, raised in Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and Haiti at the time growing up, milk was not allowed in the kitchen. There's a couple of things for you to be in the kitchen. It's whether you're super poor or you are gay. Right. And uh, and I, I wasn't neither of them. So the objective was to find a happy medium. So when I get to this state, I start working on Little Italy. Mm-hmm. I work with uh, a gentleman by the name of Philip Moran and his wife, Anna Moran. And after that, I move on to work with Chef uh, Randall H. Cox, Chef Adam Savage, uh, Bob Zapatelli from Benchmark International, and some of these people who have shaped up my career. And after that, I went to school in France. I've run a court de cuisine because I want to be, be better than anyone else on this planet. I want to make as much money as anyone. And I don't want people to look at me for as Rondo Pratt. I want everyone to look at me as a chef. So that's why part of my career. As you know, I have worked some of the most prestigious places in the world. I was the executive chef at Montauk Yard Club, the executive chef at Bay, the executive chef with Carlton, the executive chef uh, uh Bridgewater Country Club, the executive chef Gulf Harbor Country Club, and now executive chef at the Amarillo Country Club. Okay, now, and I love it. I love it. See, see, I, you know what I like about you, Ron. You put your resume out there. Okay, you know, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like we drawing down in the middle of the street in an old western town. You know, we staring each yes, other sir. down. Yes, sir. You know, yes, saying, sir. you know, you pull out, a, you pull out a plate, I pull out a plate. You pull out a plate, I pull out a plate. I can assure you, I'm gonna run out of plates talking to you, Ron. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Uh, that. Well, you know, to me, it's a great experience talking to you. You have been, I've been, I have, I am your number one fan. I love what you do. I have been following you. And I think you give me, I think I can say some of the things I do because of what you do. I think you, you opened so many doors for me mm-hmm. and I'm just happy to talk to you, to connect it to you. Well, we're going to continue this relationship offline because of the fact that, you know, it's amazing how you look at people and I've watched you on TV and I just love your energy and your direction and what you're doing with your career and your honesty. And that, and didn't know that I had that type of effect in your life in such a positive manner. And that's my life. My life is about uplift. Ever since I've been 18, I've always, for some reason, my DNA has always been, how can I make somebody else's life better? Because in the end, it's going to make my life better. And so that's why I do money-making conversations. And I very much thank you for what you're saying about me, because that means somebody's getting it. you know. And I I get it from a lot of people, and it makes me feel good, because this is free. I I convince a talented person like you to come on my show to tell their story, because that story that you have can resonate success for somebody else. Uh, yes, sir. Now, now let's talk about just talk about you in general with this this cooking style of yours. Now, because I want people to understand, okay, you came from Haiti, and I love Caribbean food. You know, jerk pork. I tell you, Woo! vegetables, <laughs> cabbage. Ugh. I'm telling you, see, some people, some people do it right, some people do it wrong, and you know what I'm talking about. Some people commercialize it. And so, so because that's why it's kind of hard to find some good jerk pork stateside. 
And 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 they want to give you jerk chicken. They want to give a jerk pork. Is my man. That's me right now, Ron. I love me some jerk pork. Now, tell thanks, me, thanks, thanks. so tell me what exactly is Caribbean style cooking? Tell us about that. Well, I you know there's different parts of the Caribbean. Yes, sir. It will take us all day to explain some of the Caribbean. As you know, uh, where I'm from, we were first Hispaniola. Where yes, were the Spanish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that, we became French. After that, we became American. So first, we were slaves from Africa. So we take the African cuisine and we mix it with Spanish. And we wow. create our own flair. So now you have African, you have Spanish, and you have French. So this is a so different, confused, uh, corny background. Uh, and it just, um, it just—that's why I call it Afro Caribbean. Right. First, as an African American, right. as a chef, mm-hmm. I always bring the spice. I always bring the marinade, the seasoning. There you go. And that's what makes us different than anyone else. That's important. Now, now let's talk about the French accent that you bring to your food. Explain to us that, about that. As you know. Uh, they have been an evolving about food. You know, the typical French cuisine is butter, it's sylvie, the liquid nitrogen, and stuff like that. But, you know, working with any country club where everyone is very contagious of their health. Right. So we have to take the butter out of it. Mm. Well, if we take the butter out of it, so we have to bring a Caribbean flavor, which is the marinade, the spice, the herbs, the garlic, the shallots, the thyme, the rosemary, the green onion, the scotch bonnet pepper. So even we don't use that much butter, but we take that marinated flavor to bring the French Caribbean accent. This is how Afro is different. As you know, there's so many chefs. Everybody thinks they are the best chef on earth. Absolutely. You know, but we all do our thing. Now let me ask you this, because this because because you you're you're one of these top of the food chain chefs. Because you're recognized, you've been on TV, you've received awards, incredible industry awards. Now, okay, how, if, if somebody's listening, uh, trying to uh, not not make it to where you're getting, but trying to get into the business, what are some of the early steps that a person can do? Discipline. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And did I say discipline? Yes, you did. Discipline, focus. Discipline, focus, stay true to yourself, keep learning, and follow your craft because that's the only way. As you know, everyone thinks they're going to be on Food Network or on Bravo Top Chef or Iron Chef America, or, and then they forget about the step to learn how to become a great chef. Right. You can be on TV making a fool of yourself, but there's certain time you have to be able to cook. You cannot... Uh, complaining, always looking for a handout. You have to be better than anyone else. So this is uh, one of the first African-American chefs graduated from CIA in 1947. Mm. His name is Jefferson Evans. Uh, when I'm watching his, some of his early career, he went to look for a job, and the white man told him, Jeff, I will hire you. There's one thing I want to tell you. You have to do Two times more 
than what this man can do for me to hire you. So mm. I always look at that. I know I have to do more. I know I have to work harder than everyone else. But I'm enjoying doing it, but that's the only thing I know to do. To be the best, you got to push every day. You got to practice. As you know, if you know how much Michael Jordan practiced, mm-hmm. how much Kobe Bryant practiced, if you look at Tom Brady, how much they practice, you talk about practice, try to better and stay true to yourself and then have discipline. It's all about discipline. doesn't matter how good you are, but if you don't have discipline, you will fail. You know, when I uh, thank you, that and you're absolutely true. You know, I look at people, they, they, they look at my life and I get up at four o'clock in the morning and some people go, whoo, that's too early for me. OK, I don't know what career you're planning, but there, there, there has to be a set time that you have to get up every day to be successful. You can't get up at yeah. five one day and six one day and seven one day or get up when the clock allows you to get up with no alarm clock. You have to have a set pattern. That's what you're talking about. Focus. And that's what you're talking about. Hard work. Correct, Ron? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can't, uh, I mean, you have to work harder every day because nobody cares if you don't work hard. You know, you can be an executive chef and people don't know when you're going to come to work or don't know if you're going to uh, set the menu the day before or going to d- d- sample to, to make sure everybody's on point. There's a certain in leadership. Let's talk about that, too, because you, you're being an African-American man and a male and uh, in this position in America. And then I'm not saying anything negative, but there your position is a rare position and you have to show leadership and uh, diversity and also being able to um, accept any type of criticism. Talk about yes, your sir. role as an executive chef at dominant white institutions so far in your life. Talk about how you navigate that those 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 lanes to be successful and stay at the top of the food chain, so to speak. Well, uh, again, I'm going to talk about discipline. As you know, when I had the first opportunity, when Chef Randall Cox gave me an opportunity, or Adam Savage, or, or, or uh, uh, Bob Zapatelli, when I do James Beard dinner, I don't think because I'm better than any chef, but it's my discipline in some of the places I work, uh, be able to manage $22 million for the beverage, wow. be able to have financial responsible, uh, be able to cover anything if not better than any white chefs. And they all know that. And then to me, I told them I'm chef first and I'm African-American second. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people get offended when I say that. I said, well, if if I was interviewed for a job, there probably so many people who better than me who could get it. But because I believe in myself, I have a track circuit working at the Montauk Yacht Club, Turtle Bay in Hawaii, and the list goes on. And I think that gives me an opportunity to be different than everyone else. You know, and that's real important because of the fact that when I look at a talented person like you and a lot of people, because you make it look so easy, first of all, Ron, that, that's that's the scary part of when you're looking at a skilled person like Michael Jordan makes a dunk look easy. But, you know, God gave him extra, <laughs> extra hops, extra hops and same thing because you mentioned some, you mentioned some incredible people. So when you when you get on these shows like the, the Bravo TV top shelf, first of all, tell me, how did you get on the show? Well, uh, in 2008, I did a dinner. I did a sold-out dinner at James Beard Foundation in New York. It was something they'd never seen. I'm this kid from Haiti who tried to do Afro-Caribbean cuisine where no one thought I was speaking another language. I wasn't speaking another language, but I was writing 
my heart and soul, I was putting in the plate. It's all about the seasoning, it's all about the marinade, it's all about the spice. And it, this is who I am. Sometimes I wish I was someone else, but I'm not. I'm just not the pride. So after that, they were looking for some of the best chefs mm-hmm. in America. As you know, just so you know, I want that to be on record. A seasoned top chef beat the amazing race first time in 18 years. This is how good the season is. The season was. Mm. As you know, competing with the Voltaggio brothers, right. with Eli, uh, uh, Michael Voltaggio, Brian Voltaggio, mm. Hector, Hector, uh, Hector from, 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 from Atlanta, Martino Beria from France, and everyone else. I think this is, that was an opportunity of a lifetime, something I would cherish for the rest of my life. As you know, I didn't know much about this show. When they called me, I told the guy, no, I'm not interested. I'm a badass chef. I have everything going for myself. I'm not interested about being on the show. So, you know, and I did what I had to do, and I think that opened so many doors for me. I so think now, well, now, what, what changed your mind, that. Ron? Okay, you weren't interested, okay, because, you know, you're a bad boy. You you, you you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Get on the show and people start judging you. What changed your mind? Was the, the opportunity to uh, expose your brand or your talents to a bigger audience? What changed your mind? Well, what changed my mind, I always love to push the envelope. And uh, I push it every day. And something's going to work, something's not going to work. And I learned from my mistake. I say, let's give it a try. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, life will go down. I will still the better chef. Mm-hmm. But I think the top chef was an opportunity of a lifetime, something I would cherish of the rest of my life. To become current ambassador for the State Department, to carry the diplomatic passport, to travel the world to go in Italy with John Kerry to talk about American food. I don't think if I wasn't a top chef, I was able to do that. Wow. Wow. So when you when you look at different these things, it's about marketing. It's about, I'm, I'm just shifting the whole thing. You're a talented person, but you're saying that, Rashawn, this TV gave me more doors that opened for me because I did this. So if one hesitant, hesitates about an opportunity because they feel uncomfortable or they feel that it's not right for them, sometimes it's best served to go and pursue that opportunity because, like you said, it opened doors for you. Yes, yes. You know, life is not about opportunities. Pursue the opportunity to be better. I think uh, 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 Top Chef gave me a voice. I mean, it's, you know, it's the opportunity I have to be able to be a headline keynote speaker on a event or mm-hmm. to have a brand call me. I would love you to be an ambassador for this company. I don't think I would ever have that opportunity wow. if I wasn't a top chef. That's awesome. Now, now this personality here, it, it just kind of like fills the screen. Uh, what, 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 what did it resonate? What did that, what did that, what did that fun, that, that dynamic, that um, brilliant smile, where did that come from? Because that's really what, what sells me. Because when you when you put a plate down and you smile wrong, I wish I was standing next to you because I'd knock you out the way and start eating. Because that's what you do, man. <laughs> like I said, you put it down to be eaten. So what did that what did that whole personality come from? You have to live every day as a last day because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Uh, as you know, what's going on right now in America, mm-hmm. we have to cherish each other because nobody's going to handle anything. And you have to do it with a smile. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm talking to Chef Ron Pratt. In 2018, he was named Industry Chef of the Year. If his name sounds familiar, it should be. Currently, he's the Food and Beverage Director, Executive Chef at Amarillo Golf and Country Club in Amarillo, Texas. He first gained recognition when we saw him on Bravo's Top Chef, and it's been opening doors ever, ever since. Now, you mentioned something about what's going on in the country right now. And what's going on in the country right now is COVID-19. And COVID-19 is overtly affecting people of color, African-Americans. What is your what is your take on this? And what role are you trying to play to help us out, Ron? Well, I think there's more than COVID-19 happening right now in America. We can disagree on that. We can agree to disagree. I think the COVID-19 is one of the things happening. Yes, but if you look at all the racial tension, uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter, I think this is bigger problem. I understand 200 people die from COVID-19, but there's more people suffer, suffer by police injustice. So many things I think is more than COVID-19 happening right now. I think... Uh, it, it is time for everyone, whether it's me, you, to talk about love, to talk about let's get together, let's break bread. And for the COVID-19, let's follow the CDC guideline, let's wash our hands, and let's wear our masks, and let's be respectful. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you, Ron, okay? Because I, I, I am at the forefront of trying to create remedies, trying to create solutions, trying to understand that there are CDC guidelines that must be followed because I have to protect you and you have to protect me. We're family. You know, we're, yes, sir. we're you know, we're all in, all in this together and nobody's playing games out there. And, and unfortunately, people are playing games with that. Now, in your in your kitchen, now, when the pandemic hit and the country shut down, how did that affect your business? How did that affect where you work at, your working atmosphere? And how did you reopen? Well, we we opened by became scientists, by follow Dr. Fassi, by make sure we clean, we clean, we clean, and we clean again. We take temperature of all our employees. We make sure they are distancing. Of course, we have to spend more money to make less. Right. Because now we need more employees to do more and to serve less people, as you know, most people want to do takeout. So I think it's, that's a great scenario where some people can afford to do it. Some people may not afford to do it. As you know, uh, um, with the six feet table, 25%, right. that cannot afford to pay the bills. No, it cannot. So we all have to go back to the drawing board to see how can we be, become innovative to make sure everyone is happy while we take care of our members, I guess, and make sure our employees are fed. So we are not doctors, we are chefs. Absolutely. But, but you're affecting, you know, the my life, my life when I come in there. Or somebody gets food and building trust that they can come to your place and eat and 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 and, and take your food to go and things like that. That's what we're talking about, right? And building trust in a meal now, a meal that's not made at home. And so, so uh, what obstacles 
you know, we, we, we can't fix something overnight because we all know COVID-19 is not going anywhere. It's going to be they are, they'll get a vaccine, but we always be taking the vaccine because it's a it's an incredible virus that's coming to our lives. That's overtly affecting people of color and African-Americans and and people who are who are pre-existing conditions. Ninety four percent of the people who died from COVID-19 have had pre-existing medical conditions. A lot of people don't know that. And so when I yes, when I when I when I rattle off this information, like you said, Rashawn, this is COVID-19 may be happening, but we've always had heart disease. We've always had cancer. We've always had stroke. We've always had high blood pressure. We've always had diabetes. This is just magnifying it. So if I'm hearing you correct, Ron, in some situations, we need to look at the problems before COVID-19 came and fix those problems, too. Well, I agree with you. As you know, uh, I'm starting a movement called... uh, my food eating for my beloved community. Mm-hmm. Uh, my food eat, eating for my beloved community is going to be an action where me, you, we all sit down at the table and say, what can we do? Right. We all, we are not in the same financial bracket, but what can we do for everyone can have access to healthy food? How everyone can have access to vegetables to fruit, to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What can we do? Uh, This is a conversation some people are afraid to have, but I am willing to have that conversation for anyone, whether they want to listen or not. Well, you know, it's interesting because of the COVID-19, for the first time, I had a garden at my house. You know, I did the uh, tomatoes. I did uh, peppers. I did okra. I did uh, sage and... um, um, and also, I did uh, jal- I did jalapeno peppers, and I did uh, cool peppers as well. And so, and so, I was amazed at how easy it was, Ron. And the return on my vet investment was ridiculous. I can I had tomatoes after tomatoes. I must have I had three tomato plants. I must have gotten a hundred tomatoes off of that tomato plant. Those three tomato plants. That's correct. And they taste well, different. Oh. And they taste different. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, guess what? If you can use that to tell me, to tell some other people to do that, I guarantee you the world would be a better place. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Ron. I'm in your fan club right now. So, you know, off this call, I'm going to give you my cell number, all that stuff so we can communicate. Plus, I want to build a relationship with you. And uh, Yes, sir. Because the thing about it is that we're like-minded in what we're trying to do. And what we're trying to accomplish in our life. Plus, I want to if you, I want to post some of your videos on my on my Facebook page, so I can just tell yes, this, my, this is my boy right here. You know, check him out. He's a, he's the he's a bad boy from Texas. He's just like me. He's just in the yes, panhandle. Yes, he's in the panhandle. He's in the panhandle. That's, yes, hot, that's hot panhandle. That's where you're at in Amarillo, Texas. Now it's hot over there. Yes, sir. They don't name it yes, after sir. a little a little animal for nothing that you that'll knock your car off the road if you hit it. Uh, Amarillo's a bad yes, boy. And so with that being said, what, what's your goals? What, what are your moving steps? You know, because we're going to talk, we're going to share our information. What are your goals in general for your brand, Ron, and what you're trying to do for the people? Well, I try to do the people. Let's regroup. Let's stop divided. Let's love one another. Let's be each other's brother's keeper. Let's see what we can do to have uh, a better America. And then make sure everyone, I don't care who you vote for, but please vote because your vote have. Love it. 
think we have a price to pay right now. Yes, sir. I remember in 2016, I had a debate with some of my friends who were telling me Hillary did. We will never vote for Hillary. And the list goes on. Mm -hmm. The past few weeks, I called some of the same friends. I said, okay, you remember some of this conversation we were having in 2016? You see what happened tonight? Is because of people like you. Mm -hmm. I still love you, mm -hmm. but we all can agree to disagree. So I'm hoping everyone can vote. You vote for whoever you vote for, but you're an American. Your vote can make a difference. Wow. Your vote can change lives. Wow. You know, some chef. I so appreciate what you just said because um, it takes more than one voice to make a change. It takes a collective. Yes, sir. It takes like-minded. It takes a clear understanding that, you know, we got, um, oh, we're going to cross over 200,000 people uh, dying from COVID-19. We have wildfires on the West Coast, hurricanes banging the, the South, and you have civil unrest in every major city in this country. And if your vote has to count now, and we have to step out of that. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know, or I step in and no, it don't. Yes, it does. And it only counts if you make an effort. And that's what your whole, yes, that's what this whole interview has been about. When I look at, listen to what you just said, it's about being focused and working hard and being determined to succeed against all odds. And that's all you, that's your whole career. That's your whole life, right, Ron? Yes, sir. And that's the only thing I know. Wow. I want to thank you for coming on my show because me and you are good buddies now. We friends. I'm so excited. I'm free friends. I, I can't wait to cook with you again. Uh, we're we, we, we going to do it. We're we going to do it. Now, my wife, you know, she won't let me get on the plane right now. She she says, she, 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 you, know, you know, she's scared about this COVID-19. I said, babe, we got to get out there and live live our lives. And I got my mask. I got my Pirelle. I got my, I got my, uh, I got everything I need. And so we will see each other pretty soon because she can't keep me locked down. One thing I know is that life is about taking chances. And I'm not saying risky chances. I'm, we, I just know that COVID-19 is a lifestyle that we have to learn to live with. It's a new normal. We have to be safe. We can't hug each other yes, like we used to. We can't high five like we used to. We can't talk in close quarters like we used to, but we can live a very civil, a very stable lifestyle. But more importantly, to make this lifestyle work for us in the future, like you said, Ron, we have to vote. We have to vote. Yes. Wow. My man. Thank want, you, sir. Thank you. I want to thank you for coming to my show. Ron, uh, just hang on right there. I'm going to close out the show. I want to get your phone number and your, uh, from you, give you my cell number, okay? All right. This is Rashawn McDonald. Yes, I want to thank everybody for coming on my show. And also, if you want to hear any more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Cool.